You can be seated. Good, Merry Christmas, everybody. Good evening. So two things you never want to follow. Great worship and then children doing worship. Like, thanks for putting me in this spot. Wonderful, wonderful job, you guys. Thank you so much. Everybody doing good? Merry Christmas. I am Pastor Mark. Pastor Dave is back there with his lovely wife, Joni. Dave, raise your hand up. Joni, you can raise yours too. Um, And then you met Pastor Doug earlier. That opened up the service. So in case you're worried about me, don't be worried. My Christmas shopping is done. And I'm going to let you in on a little secret. How I did that, and I do it every year, is I let my wife do it all. And I never have to do it. And it's just wonderful. And she does an amazing job. So it's all about marrying the right woman. Men, take note. Merry Christmas to everybody. Um, Some of you may be guests. Some of you may not have been here for a while. If you don't know, you probably know by now, Pastor John has indeed retired. As of end of August, he and Kay are doing very well up in Oregon. And um, it's just neat to continue what God has started here 12 years ago, to keep proclaiming the light of Christ to a dark world. Um, as it says here, you know, Jesus, light of the world, and, you know, God does everything with and for a purpose. And I'm assuming that the Lord sent Jesus the light of the, light of the world because the world needed a light, and there was darkness in the world. And we're going to talk about that this evening. Good to have you here. So let's pause for a moment and consider the topic of light. Albert Einstein said that the reason he could construct the theory of relativity uh, relativity was because there was one constant in the world that is unchangeable. And that one thing, said Albert Einstein, is the speed of light. Light travels, believe it or not, at a rate of 186,000 miles per second. In a click of a talk, uh, a tick of a clock, one second, it would travel around the world seven times. That's how fast light travels. 186,000 miles per second. Seven times around the world in the tick of a clock. Perhaps you've never taken the time to consider this question, but how many of you enjoy the fact that you have light? Right? Imagine, if you can, that you and I had all the other essentials in this life as we know it, but there existed no light. Let's quickly discuss the importance of light. I was thinking about light and the three things that came up to me just almost instantly about what light does for us. The first thing is it helps us to see things, essentially what is there or what's not there. It helps us to see. It tells us what's true, what's in front of us, what's not in front of us. So it tells us what's true. It also helps us, secondly, to navigate our way, right? If we can see things, we can navigate our way. And it illuminates our sense of direction. And so essentially it helps us to steer our way. It tells us the way to go. Make sense? And thirdly, it keeps us then from danger. If we can see what's true, we can navigate our way, then we're safe and we're kept from harm's way. It preserves our life, if you will. So it tells us the way to life. So it tells us what's true, it tells us the way to go, and it preserves our life. Thomas Edison invented the electric light bulb. Does anybody know when? 1879. Not all that long ago. Not all that long ago in the history of mankind. You know, it's like two and a half me's ago. About 120 years-ish. 1879. 22 years later, in 1901... 
one of these newfangled gadgets called the light bulb was hung and turned on at the Livermore, California Fire Department. So imagine, right? Something new. We had done without light bulbs up until that point, so who knows if this new gimmick's going to catch on, right? It reminded me, for whatever reason, of, gosh, I don't know, my girls were small. I don't even know if they remember this, but I remember we got our first, uh, they used to call them MP3 players, right? And, I, and, I, and now they call them iPods or whatever, right? And I was so excited because it, it, it was an audio box, and I bought it from like Kmart for however many, 25 bucks, and it held 36 songs. And I was so excited, right? 36 songs. Because before the MP3 player, we had the, what was real popular before then, remember? The Sony Walkman. I heard some of you guys say, the Sony Walkman. You could put a disc in this little portable player. So when I got this MP3 player, they were, I can get 36 songs. That's like three discs on this one little thing the size of a chapstick. I was so excited. Things have changed since then, haven't they? Anyway, back to the fire station. That light bulb that was hung in Livermore in 1901, it's still there. And it's still burning. Believe it or not. It's still lit. That old bulb has almost never been turned off and has been in working condition for 114 years. Remarkable. That's the bulb right there. You can locate this bulb, if you want to, write this down, at 4550 East Avenue in Livermore, California, at the Livermore Pleasanton Fire Department. When you go there, please tell them Pastor Mark sent you. And tell them hello. By today's standards, that bulb should have burned out approximately a thousand times by now. This bulb, hand-blown, has a thick carbon filament, was made by a company called the Shelby Electric Company. Anybody heard of them? Here's what's interesting. The Shelby Electric Company did not become one of the industry giants for one very obvious reason. Any guesses? They made light bulbs to last. Nobody ever reordered. Bad business model. Great lights, bad business plan. Nobody reordered. In 1972... When this bulb was only 71 years old, it was given due respect by the fire captain of that time, a gentleman named Kirby Slate, and his men. And they said this about this bulb. They said, in a time of planted and planned obsolescence, when gadgets are forever falling apart or burning out or breaking up, it's reassuring to watch a dusty 71-year-old light bulb burn on and on and on. Due to its longevity, the bulb has been noted by the Guinness Book of World Records, Ripley's Believe It or Not, and General Electric. It even made an appearance on Late Night with David Letterman. Just kidding. I don't know about you, but I'm always fascinated by people who invent, by people who create things. Thomas Edison, we just mentioned. Steve Jobs, I'm fascinated by Steve Jobs and Apple Computer. And there's other creative minds probably in this room, and I'm one of them. When I was young, I was eight or nine years old, and me and my friends, we were going to make our own pinball machine. And so we got some wood, and you just tilt the wood, and you put some nails, and you put rubber bands between the nails, and you, so it bounces around, and these little flippers that we used out of clothes pins, and we thought we were going to just make a killing on our pinball machines. In marbles, we didn't do so well. But I thought it was very creative. We used to make our own donuts. We thought we were going to have our own donut business. But somehow, and for some reason we tend to lose sight of the creative genius of our God. Let me tell you about this inventor, this creator of ours. 
as impressive as that light bulb that you see on the screens, as impressive as it is, it has nothing on the light that God created. And I can promise you this, it will not last as long either. If you have a Bible, turn with me to Genesis chapter 1. If you don't, you can just listen. Genesis chapter 1, verses 1 through 5. It says 1 through 3, that's my mistake, 1 through 5. Genesis 1, verses 1 through 5. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was formless and void, and darkness was over the surface of the deep. And the Spirit of God was moving over the surface of the waters. And in verse 3, God said, Let there be light. And there was light. And God saw that the light was good. And He separated that light from the darkness, Genesis 1 tells us. And God called the day the light day, and He called darkness night. And there was evening, and there was morning, and that was one day. On this very first day of creation, God created light. And He declared that light good. And He separated the light from the darkness. As we can see from the very beginning of this good book, from the very beginning, Genesis chapter 1, God established a principle of separation. And God sent His Son as light to take us out of darkness. So God created a principle of separation. Not only did He separate light from darkness and day from night, but He separated the waters from above from the waters below, and He separated the land from the waters. Through Moses, God commanded the people of Israel to remain separated from the nations around them. And when they violated this commandment, they experienced hardship and suffering. If you want, you can turn to Deuteronomy chapter 7. Um, I'm not going to read that now, but that, it talks about being separate, this principle of separation, even way back in the early part of the Old Testament. Today's no different. Thousands of years later, it's no different. God's people still need to be careful to walk in light and not darkness. And that's why He sent His Son, to allow us to walk in light, not darkness. James 4.4 4 will be on the screen. And it says this, it warns us to be careful, you adulteresses, do you not know that friendship with the world is hostility toward God? Therefore, whoever wishes to be a friend of the world makes himself an enemy of God. 1 John 2, 15, 16, and 17 says this, Do not love the world, nor the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of God is not in him. For all that's in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the boastful pride of life, that's not from God, but it's from the world. The world will pass away, and also the things that we lust after. But the one who lives in the light, the one who does the will of God, lives forever. In Scripture, light is associated with a couple of things. I'm going to give you four, the four most important things. Light's associated with Christ. Light is associated with His Word. Light is associated with His people. And it's associated with God's blessing. Let me give you the first one. Light is associated with Christ. We read it in one of the scripture readings um, earlier in John 8. If you want, turn to John 8, verse 12. This is light being associated with Christ, as it says here, the light of the world. John 8, verse 12. Jesus was speaking to the people and he said this, I am the light of the world. That can be bothersome to some people. But would you want Christ to lie? 
or tell the truth? Of course he wanted to tell the truth. He says, I am the light of the world. He who follows me will not walk in darkness anymore, but will have the light of life. It's not just so they can see things, it's so that their life is preserved. And that's what light does for us. It helps preserve our life. The second thing, light is associated with Christ. It's also associated with the Word of God. Uh, Word of God. Psalm 119 says this, Your Word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. Your Word is a light, a lamp unto my feet and a light to my path. It guides us through this world of ours so that we can walk in light and not in darkness. Later on in Psalm 119, verse 130, and I love this. For guys like me, I'm a simple-minded guy. The unfolding of your words gives light. It gives understanding to the simple. When we open up our heart, God just shines his light and he allows us to understand I have a very simple mind. I keep going to school because I think it's going to make me smarter. I just don't have that kind of a mind, but I love that, it, it, that God reaches to the simple people when he shines his light in our hearts and in our minds. The third thing is it's associated with God's people. Light is associated with God's people. Ephesians 5.8 says this, You were formerly in darkness, but now you are the light of the world, so walk as children of light. What a great encouragement. Matthew 5, if you want to turn there, Matthew 5, verses 14, 15, and 16. Matthew 5, 14 through 16 says this, also talking about God's people being associated with light. Matthew 5, 14. You, church, you, believer and follower of Jesus Christ, you are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden, nor does anyone light a lamp and put it under a basket, but they put it on a lampstand, and it gives light to all who are in the house. Let your light shine before men in such a way that they may see your good works and glorify your Father who is in heaven. We have a huge responsibility as a church to let our light shine in such a way that it leads other people to see and understand that light as well. We have a huge task, church. We are the light to a dark world, a dark world that I once walked in. And thankfully, somebody shared the light with me, and God called me out of darkness. Praise the Lord. And the fourth thing is light is associated with God's blessing. Oftentimes we want the blessing of the Lord, but we don't choose to walk in the light of the Lord. And those two go hand in hand. Turn with me if you want to Proverbs. It's right after the book of Psalms. Proverbs chapter 4. The blessing that's associated with walking in the light. Proverbs 4, 18 through 22. But the path of the righteous is like the light of dawn that shines brighter and brighter until the full day. But the way of the wicked is like darkness. They do not know over what they stumble. So it's dangerous. My son, give attention to my words. Incline your ear to what I'm saying. Do not let them depart from your sight. Keep them in the midst of your heart. Why? They are life to those who find them and health to all your body. Wow. That's what light is associated with. Light is associated with Christ. It's associated with His Word. It's associated with His church. And it's associated with blessing and life. On the other hand, darkness is also talked about in Scripture. And that's associated with four things as well. The first thing is darkness is associated with Satan. It's associated with sin, with death, and with spiritual ignorance, of which I was guilty of all these things at one point. 
with Satan, darkness being associated with Satan, Ephesians 6 verse 12 says, Our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against powers, against world forces of this darkness, against the spiritual forces of wickedness in the heavenly places. Wow. It's associated also not just with Satan, but with sin. If you want, John 3, I can read it to you, or you can turn to John 3. It's associated also with sin. John 3, 19 through 21 says this, This is the judgment, that the light has come into the world, Jesus, and men loved the darkness rather than the light. This is just my theory. This is why people say, well, I'm an atheist. I don't believe that. They just love the darkness more than they love the light. And so if they say I'm an atheist, it just means I don't want to talk about it. It's just my opinion. People love the darkness, and so they come up with excuses. But God knew this would happen. The light has come into the world, and men love the darkness rather than the light, for their deeds were evil. Verse 20, for everyone who does evil hates the light. That's why Jesus is so polarizing. And he does not come to the light for fear that his deeds will be exposed. So we have some choices to make. But he who practices the truth comes to the light so that his deeds may be manifested as having been coming from God or having been wrought from God. What a great word. So that's the second thing that darkness is associated with, Satan and sin. The third thing is with death. Right? If light leads to life, then darkness leads to death. Romans 6.23 will be on the screen. It says, for the wages of sin is death. The wages, that's what you worked for, right? What are my wages? You work hard for something, you get paid at the end of the day for what you worked hard for. So when you want to work hard in darkness, the wages of that darkness and that sin is death. But we can accept the free gift that was given to us a couple thousand years ago in, in His Son, Jesus Christ. The free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. I'm so thankful. And the fourth thing that darkness is associated with is spiritual ignorance. We were in John chapter 3. You can just flip to your left to John chapter 1. This was also read a little bit earlier. John 1, verses 1 through 5. In the beginning was the Word, that's Christ, and the Word was with God and was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things came into being through Him, and apart from Him, nothing came into being that has come into being. In Him, in Christ, was life. And the life was the light of men. And the light shines in the darkness, but our darkness does not comprehend it. This explains why God separated light from darkness, because the two have nothing in common with each other. 1 John 1, 5-7 says this, this is the message that we have heard from Him and we announce it to you that God is light and in Him is no darkness at all. If we say that we have fellowship with Him and yet continue to walk in darkness, we lie. We do not practice the truth. But if we walk in the light as He Himself is in the light, we have fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus cleanses us from all of that stuff. Back to the importance of light. Remember we said light did three things. It provided truth. It told us what was and what wasn't. And it showed us the way, and it provided us with life because it kept us safe, right? So it tells us what's true, it shows us the way, and it provides life. Interestingly enough, John 14, 6, Jesus said this about himself. I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. No one comes to the Father but through this light. We have to wrestle with that. And the sooner the better. In closing, the very end of this good book, 
Revelation chapter 22, one of the last verses, says this. There will no longer be any night when it's all said and done. We won't have need of a light of a lamp nor the light of the sun because the Lord will illumine them and we will reign forever. Or how I like to say it, God is going to light you up. I can't wait, man. I can't wait. Let me close with this poem and then I'm going to close this in prayer and then we'll be dismissed. The poem is short and it says this. Christ, the transforming light, touches this heart of mine piercing the darkest night, making His glory shine. I pray that Christ burns brighter in your life than He ever has before in the new year. And I pray that if you don't know this light, that you seriously consider the light of Christ in your life. And I'm here to help you do that. Amen? Merry Christmas to you all. I'm going to pray, then we'll be dismissed. And um, it's good to see everybody. Let's pray. Lord, sometimes I'm overwhelmed to find the words that helps me to understand what you've done for us by sending Jesus Christ. At times, Lord, it's just too much to take in. You're so gracious to us. You've made it so easy for us to walk in the light and to escape darkness. And we make it so complicated because we love the things that we do in darkness. But it leads to death. Thank you, Lord, that we can celebrate every year, every day, the gift of your Son, the light of the world that delivers us from death and sin and darkness. And so it's in the name of Jesus that we say, thank you. We say amen and we say we love you. And everybody said amen. Merry Christmas, everybody. Thanks for coming.